Wait a second. Before we move on, Trader Joe's is selling a giant cupcake. That's a fucking cake, guys. We've invented this already. <laughs> does it, wait, does it have a wrapper around it, though? Yes, they just put paper on the side of my cake. It's a cupcake. It's not fu- you, you took I... away frosting and replaced it with paper. That's not even cute. Cupcake is small, and then regular cake is regular cake size. But, like, there's a, there's an in-between kind of cake hinterland. <laughs> oh, yeah, valley. the Uncanny Valley cake. Yeah. Cake Valley? Yeah. <laughs> Uncakey Valley. The Uncakey yep. Valley. It's right there between the baseline and the service line. <laughs> <laughs> Suits and Meat Dresses, welcome back to Read It and Weep. This is the month of December. We are a good podcast about bad books, movies, and television. This is episode number 121. We have now done as many episodes as the number of holes in a Chinese checkerboard. Speaking of things that made a lot of money abroad and bored kids here, this week we're talking about the Santa Claus. Oh. And the Santa Claus 2 co-star Tim Allen and a fat suit. (laughs) <laughs> this week's episode, of course, is sponsored by audiblepodcast.com slash weep. If you go to that address, sign up for a free trial of their audiobook among subscription. You get a free book just for supporting uh, us, and you get to keep the support of us and the free book, even if you cancel before it charges you anything. Completely free book. And you could use, if you're really feeling the December spirit, you could use that for uh, Holidays on Ice by David Sedaris and listen to several delightful stories about the dark side of the holidays. For the last two months, I would have said right here that you can sponsor a topic, but that sponsorship has been closed. We have oversubscribed to our sponsorship programs. We have a lot of episodes to get to in the next couple of months. And once we have cleared the backlog and cleared our palettes and we're back on, we will tell you again about sponsoring. But in the meantime, best way to support our show is through Audible. So thank you for doing that. Yeah. And thank you to everybody who's, subscri- who's sponsored already. We have a lot of great episodes coming. <laughs> Thanks for buying us out. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty exciting. Yeah. So awesome. Thanks, guys. We introduce you to today's panel. First up, of course, I'm your host. Uh, my name is Alex Falcone. I'm a comic from Portland. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex underscore Falcone. Uh, and really quick, I don't do this, I haven't talked about this much on the show, but there's another podcast that I work on um, on a weekly basis with another comic where we talk about how to get famous in the comedy world, and it's called The Mentorist, and you can find out more about that at mentoristpodcast.com. This week is cross-promo week, so I don't, I'm not going to mention it a lot, but if you are interested in comedy, or me, or both, go to mentoristpodcast.com and listen to it. And also, welcome to people that I talk to about this show on The Mentorist. Thanks for coming. Telling them to go back to the mentors now. Oh, man, I've created an accidental infinite loop for podcast fans. <laughs> All right. Uh, very special panel today, though. First up in San Francisco, California, it's Ezra Fox. Hey, everyone. Uh, how, congratulations on your NaNoWriMo novel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 50,000 words, uh, some sweat, and I increased the number of pudding cups and vampires towards the end. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, you heightened. Yeah, there's, there's yeah. a lot of pudding. Uh, you can also uh, follow our next guest at C. Walter Smith on Twitter. In Seattle, Washington, it's Chris Smith. Hey there. Hey, Chris. How good is Advent chocolate? Uh, it, it, hmm. It's it's excellent. The practice of Advent cho- uh, chocolate is amazing. The chocolate itself is subpar. I totally agree. But it's little magical doors of chocolate. Also, Tony t- t- just the, looked at me. Some of the some... chocolate mold, molds kind of look like poo. Yeah. <laughs> some of them do. It's like they're all pictures of things, but some of them, because they're made entirely out of chocolate, are fairly indistinguishable from just poo. Yeah. 
welcome. Also joining us this week in our Seattle studio, it's Tanya Davis. Oh, hey. Hey, Tanya, I have forgotten your Twitter. Tell me what your Twitter is. Oh, it's uh, at the Tanya Best. Oh, yeah, Tanya, yeah. spelled not unlike Tanya, but with an E at the end. Ah, uh, as if yeah. your name and Kanye's name had a baby. <laughs> All right, Chris, let's talk about the movies. So, Santa Claus 1 <laughs> and 2, starring Tim Allen. Uh, so... Chris, why don't you start out with a, a, a bitchin' plot summary. Um, let's do them both together. So let's do one and then another. We'll take a brief break in the middle. You can catch some wind if you need. Okay. But I want you to summarize them in the style of a kid on Christmas. Oh, my God! It's some toys! Oh, Santa's here! Santa's here! Scott Calvin is Tim Allen. And he works for a Chicago toy company, and they make toys. And he's just a little smarmy. All right. So he's divorced from his wife and he has a small son, Char- small son named Charlie, who's like six or seven, just like me. And well, I'm six and a half. His, his <laughs> ex-wife's new husband is Neil, who's a deeply unfun psychiatrist who tells Charlie that there's no Santa Claus, which is a lie because I see the toys. Played by the judge. While spending Christmas night with Scott, with Tim Allen, Charlie awakes to such a clatter. Santa is real and is on the roof. But Santa gets surprised by Scott coming outside to check on the noise and he falls off the roof is stone dead, evaporates into pixie dust, leaving the Santa outfit for Scott. Scott puts this on and fills in for the night, right? He saves Christmas for a small handful of rich white people houses in Chicago. And Scott and his son fly to the North Pole and meet some elves who look like children but claim to be 900 years old or something. And Bernard is the head elf and is normal-ish size and has dreads that are glittery. Little did Scott know, right, Tim Allen, that by putting on the Santa suit, he became bound by the Santa Claus. Right? Contract law? Clause? Important Get it? titular pun. Meaning yeah. that he turns into Santa. So he gets fat, he eats a lot of cookies, he grows a big white beard, children tell him what they want for Christmas, whole nine yards. Ex-wifey and Neil become concerned and they take custody of Charlie because there's this guy who's getting alarmingly fat and claiming he's Santa Claus. Clearly something's wrong. Come the next Christmas, he takes little Charlie with him as he runs his Santa errands prompting the ex-wife and the psychiatrist Neil to call the cops for a missing child manhunt. Uh, pardon? You're still a child! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Santa is saving the day and he's chopping out the presents for the boys and girls and there's dollars and toys and cars and and on his way out he gives his ex-wife and Neil the presents they really wanted for Christmas the year they stopped believing in Santa Claus. So the ex-wife gets something like a doll or I don't even know and Neil gets an Oscar Mayer weenie whistle. And the movie ends with Neil, the psychiatrist, blowing on the wiener. Played by the judge. And Christmas is saved, and Tim Allen goes, ho, 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 ho. So, so, so Ezra, you're, did you watch this with your wife, by chance? Yes. Uh, and what was her legal opinion on the bindingness of a business card that says, that it has if you to put be this on, yeah, that you can't see with the naked eye, that says, if you put this on, you have to become Santa? So, yeah, guys, it's a contract of adhesion. You can't possibly have known that you're agreeing to that at the time you're agreeing. Right, um, but... Uh, okay, <laughs> sorry. Isn't Santa law a little bit different? More like maritime law than actual like, <laughs> United States law? I think, I think maritime law is still based around law, though. I, yeah, I think <laughs> it still law. has the word law in it. It just means that it's floating. Right. It's just aqua law. It's not different. It's not... Uh, but you can kill all people, right? No. <laughs> uh, pirates are not, not really maritime law. Yeah, pirate law is different, Chris. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so isn't it more like the pirate's code? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Clearly it is, because like you, it's not like he had a place to appeal this decision to a judge. Uh, 
even Judge Reinhold. It was just like <laughs> he put on the suit and then he got fat and couldn't not be Santa. He just it, like all it was is you you put on the suit and you turn into Paul Giamatti. You don't have a choice. That's just how you Paul look. Paul Giamatti comparison was very apt. Yeah, I know. Sarah definitely noticed that. Did she? Awesome. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I I do think that it's kind of messed up though. I, I contract of adhesion is a great word for it. It's a totally ridiculous thing that he would be committed to being Santa and giving up his identity for the rest of forever because he put on a coat. Plus, I mean, as we learned in the second movie, all you had to do to get out of it was just stay single. Uh, yeah, well, right, that's true. There was <laughs> there was a way out. Chris, tell us more. Christmas is here again! Yay! It's eight years later, and Tim Allen has really hit his groove as Santa Claus. Um, so he finds out from Bernard, the head elf with the shiny dreadlocks, and, and also Curtis, this really annoying uh, little elf who yells all the time. Curtis um, is the worst. Yeah, yeah, Curtis is the worst. Seriously, I, I can't wait until he loses his inhaler and then we drop a rock on him from a long <laughs> distance. <laughs> I haven't read that book yet. Lord of the Elves? Yeah, Lord of the Elves, definitely. <laughs> anyway, Santa learns from these dudes that if he doesn't get married in, like, a month, that he loses all of his Santa powers and goes back to being Scott Calvin, which is, like, a lot of pressure to put on a guy. But uh, he starts losing his powers and looks more like Tim Allen. Like, his beard is shorter, and he's slimmer, and he's more of an asshole. <laughs> so, to make matters more complicated, his son Charlie from the first movie is now a teenager. And now he's on the naughty list, which is really bad because his dad is Santa Claus. But the principal at the school is Juliet from Lost, and she's just as creepy in this movie for a little while. And she wants to punish Charlie <laughs> for uh, doing some festive holiday-themed tagging. <laughs> <laughs> the only time someone has ever tagged a locker with, like, you should celebrate Christmas harder! <laughs> Anyway, so Santa has to both run the North Pole because it's December and there's a lot to do and also go deal with his errant son. So the elves create a plastic toy version of Santa to manage the things up at the factory. And Tim Allen does less parenting back home and more asking out of the principal. Um, And they go to the faculty Christmas party together, which was really boring until Tim Allen showed up and he gave everybody all the toys they ever wanted as kids. So you got the beanbag game and the Easy Bake Oven and... Some other thing. Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Which somehow they're still, they still find entertaining. It's awesome, Alex. You have no soul if you don't love that game. I am sure. Well, Rock'em Sock'em, sure. What was the other one? Like the, the beanbag. Toss uh, across. Tic-tac-toe. Toss across. Like we, we took tic-tac-toe, which is mathematically unplayable and unfun. And then we added the distance of beanbags. It's just not a, I mean, it's not a great game. Nine out of ten large black men agree. That game is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was very happy. Early 90s Al Roker was very happy. <laughs> Uh, back on the North Pole, things are not going so well with Toy Santa. He's obsessed with rules and thinks every child is naughty and starts dressing like a Banana Republic dictator. And then he enforces things with his army of hollow plastic toy soldiers, which I guess are scary. So um, Charlie gets really upset that his dad is dating the mean principal, but that doesn't really matter so much because Tim Allen has to go save Christmas in two ways. He first has to defeat Toy Santa, who is now a cartoon villain, and he has to figure out a way to marry the principal by justifying it with keeping his job. Uh, the battle for the North Pole is silly, and Tim Allen trades Witty Banner with Toy Tim Allen before defeating him. And he explains to the principal that he has to marry her tonight so that he can keep his job and save Christmas because it's Christmas Eve. Creepy! <laughs> and she, she sort of goes for it. She agrees because I guess she loves Christmas too, and Tim Allen somewhat. And the day is saved, and Tim Allen is sent again, and has a wife, 
And this movie made very little sense. It does seem weird that she went into that, but ju- like she went for that. But I could make even a nice princess principal fall in love with me in 27 days if I got to use magic. Yeah. It really does expedite the whole process of getting to know each other. I was going to say, dude's got mad game, except, no, he's just got magic. hits of magic yeah. on his watch, I guess. A lot of it, yeah. Uh, it's time for the compliment sandwich. We like to start and end every show, the real part of the show, with a compliment. So, Tanya, as the guest this week, you get to go first or last in the compliment as you choose. Which do you prefer? Whoa. I'm going to go first. Sweet. Lay it on us. Bam. Um, I really enjoyed... Well, okay, really enjoyed is this far too strong. <laughs> um, I appreciated lightly that they uh, they tried to go for sort of an alternative family arrangement, and they didn't like have Tim Allen like bust into his old marriage and and make the Judge Reinhold character go away and like remarry his ex wife. Like I I thought that that would maybe happen. Like he would turn into Santa and like you know get a heart of gold, and then everyone would be all yeah. It would be Santa versus yeah. like psychologist. And the right? psychologist would get thrown yeah. out. Definitely. Yeah, no, I was kind of, I was I was maybe expecting that. So I was I was somewhat appreciative that they didn't do that. And also then, in the second movie, there's the addition of, I guess they had a kid? Judge Reinhold yeah. and ex-wife had a kid? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Molly, who calls Somehow Steve... has red hair. Yeah. Yeah, who calls Scott... Not the father! Like, Uncle Scott. Yeah. <laughs> Which really made me start thinking carefully about, like, what would you call that person in your life? <laughs> <laughs> like, uncle my, is the right level half dad because like you, you know love the, it when you the, call him half dad yeah, the charlie's the half brother so it's, it's half dad yeah. yeah but i love it when you call me half papa no i, I don't <laughs> medium size smalls <laughs> uh, so one pock <laughs> <laughs> one pock is so good <laughs> Oh man! All right, all right, uh, Chris, you 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 kill me. Next compliment, you get to have it. <laughs> um, so the principal, this ice principal girl in the in the second movie, who was creepy and lost, but apparently turns out she has an adorable laugh. Mm-hmm. She laughs twice, and it, each time it was unexpectedly genuinely cute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> less like that. It sounded <laughs> when you did it, but definitely cute. Yeah. Uh, yeah, took me by surprise because I was not expecting any genuine human expression there, and her her laugh sounds good. Yeah, super hot young ice principal, and then heart melted by Santa Claus. I mean, it's a weird role. Did you stay for the credits where she was wearing a fat suit and dancing? That was what. Great. Oh man, watch that, <laughs> that now. That, uh, that was, was really good. That was not right. <laughs> like now, now, not now, now. Okay, I'm gonna watch that. I will look for that. I'm going to go third. Uh, speaking of fat, uh, so in this movie, they drink a lot of hot chocolate. That's like his thing because he's Santa, surely, right? You drink cocoa? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, uh, I am easily swayed by the power of suggestion by whatever's in the magical talking box of TV. <laughs> so I drank four cups of hot chocolate during the course of watching these two movies. <laughs> oh, totally, <what? laughs> totally good. 
That's so much milk. Tim Allen, that's a lot of hot chocolate. <laughs> all right, Ezra, your turn. Compliment away. Um. All right. This is uh, this is I think a good cautionary tale. Um, so when evil paramilitary dictator uh, Santa in the second one uh, steals all of the reindeer, um, they they realized how thin actually their reindeer development program was when Tim Allen had to chase down evil Santa with yeah. Chet, who was just the worst reindeer ever. Yeah, they, they really don't have a deep farm system for the reindeer. Yeah, that's right. They got good starters, but a really shallow yeah. bench. Yeah. <laughs> Chet was maybe my favorite. He kind of sounded like Scooby Dumb. He was um, a Scooby Dumb. <laughs> well, all the reindeers sort of talked like uh, like Star Wars characters, where they were like, burr, yes. burr, 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 solo. Yeah. <laughs> but they also farted. There was some <laughs> fart material. Some there fart was humor. at least one reindeer fart per movie. Yeah. And they had one really expensive animatronic that they used for Comet, and the rest were just placeholders, I'm pretty sure. They were pretty much gassy Ewoks with antlers. <laughs> and, which and, is watchable, but not in a good way. And, and Chet was the broken version. Chet was the broken version. They were all super creepy. Like, I don't know what they did, but like their noses were like so like large and like naked looking. I just was really uncomfortable the whole time. <laughs> Because he wanted their noses to have closes? Is that... I, or just to be a little darker? I don't know. Just with, like, the big, dumb eyes. Like, it just looked like they all had something, like, deeply genetically wrong with them. I mean, I would guess. They're, they're reindeer that can fly. They've clearly been subject to generations of inbreeding. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is a shallow gene pool. <laughs> I mean, how many flying reindeers? Like, what kind of diversity do you think you can yeah. have? Yeah, they, they can fly, but they have... Terrible hip dysplasia. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say dancer isn't much of a dancer. <laughs> awesome. All right, guys. So now it's time for the game of Hater Claws. It's just a merry old fat... I hate Elf. Anyway, so pick pick something you don't like about the movies. Uh, slide down that hate chimney and, and give it to us as a present. I'd like to start with the elves that are children that are pretending to be elves. Like, mm-hmm. couldn't we just say like they're like young looking people that hang out in the workshop and are basically six years old? Like, do they all have to be like? Also, I'm nine thousand. <laughs> what? But then they act like children. They're like, oh, Santa. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't Why? know if you remember the, the 90s, Tanya, but uh, child labor laws were really heating up. Yeah, it was yeah. a big deal. The whole NAFTA thing was just signed. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm. I mean, the idea of a, a, all your toys being made by, like, a, a kid's sweatshop kind of would have been a downer. I guess It still is so. when I think about it. I mean... <laughs> but they basically were. This just felt like a really awkward cover-up. Right, yeah. This <laughs> felt like they were told, like, if anybody asks, you're 900. Right? <laughs> and I checked your ID. That's all I want. You know, you looked at my... I looked at your papers... You're easily 900. <laughs> hey, let me ask you guys a question. So, did you guys all see this movie back in the day? Yes. The first one? Yeah. The first one. The first yeah, one. Yeah, I think I saw bits of it. Yeah. When I watched the first one, I was like, I, I was like, you know, this is actually kind of cute. It's not great, oh, yeah. but it's a Christmas totally. movie, and Tim Allen is actually kind of charming. And, you know, the fat, I like anybody in a fat suit. Uh, so, it was, that's fun. And Wait, are you are you saying that you didn't have issues with the pacing on the first one? Well, yeah. Now. Are you saying that you're a fake chubby chaser? <laughs> <laughs> I think let's let's talk about the second one. <laughs> uh, yeah, 
I mean, it was. I mean, well, so because I'm doing it for this show, I guess I wasn't like. I mean, I wasn't like in movie mode. I was like kicking back. I was writing things. I was hanging out on the internet. Like I wasn't paying that much attention. I guess so that there were pacing issues maybe, but I wasn't like as it wasn't. I didn't notice. It was cute though, right? Wasn't it kind of cute? Oh no, it was totally cute. But but also, Tony is dead on with the pacing. It's like if it was Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, if the middle third of the movie was just Charlie leaves the Chocolate Factory and people say no, Willy Wonka does not exist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that would have been worse. You're right. <laughs> yeah. I, the one thing that I really hated, I guess, the one thing that really bugged me about the first one is that there are some super creepy undertones to this whole thing, like. There's just like if I mean if it's that easy to fall off a roof and die, uh, yes. Which it seems like all he did was say, "Hey, you on the roof," and the guy died. I mean, like you probably get that a lot if you're Santa on people's roofs. Yeah, uh, probably was oh, not the first. And there Santa. are these elves that are 900 years old that have seen like probably 500. Exactly, they're just like go. every few weeks. There's like a new slave to claws comes in, and they're like. <laughs> Hey, 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 new guy. Sorry, did you just kill the old guy on accident or on purpose? Like, it's just a, it's creepy. Yeah, it's like so pop stars in Canada. The turnover is so high. <laughs> also, can we talk about the the part where okay, so the Santa falls off the roof. His head is completely covered in faux snow, mm-hmm. and then he like as they turn away, like they like walk over to like look at something else, and his arm goes up in this like. Help me kind of way. <laughs> Never gets addressed. Nobody ever does anything. <laughs> like, and then he's just gone. Yeah. Like, is that His like the warning? Still there. He's like, like a Jedi. Or he yeah. got he got raptured. Oh, he yeah. Totally got raptured. Or he woke up and there's a nude bearded guy running through the snow <laughs> in suburban <laughs> Chicago. Well, that the was spell is broken. <laughs> That's what I wonder if he just maybe just ran away. <laughs> also, he's... why not promote from within? These people have worked with this organization for 900 fucking years, and they don't get to a chance to be Santa Claus? Excellent point. Seriously, they should have a thing where they get the top eight oldest elves, and they put them in a room, and then smoke comes out uh, of a different color if they've chosen a new Santa, and then Santa gets a big hat and rides in a bulletproof go-kart. <laughs> is, this, is this American Idol? <laughs> <laughs> this is a pope. American pope? American, American joke. pope. I didn't think that got renewed. <laughs> I bet Ryan Seacrest would host that too. <laughs> oh, oh wait, oh I just thought of something weird. Yes. If you apply the rules of the Santa Claus two to the first Santa Claus, then if you didn't fall off a roof and die, like what happens to all the other Mrs. Clauses? Oh. Mm-hmm. Is there like Mrs. A... Claus just got like she ended up like got really skinny and she's like, oh, I guess my husband's dead. Do-do-do. Oh, Does yeah. Santa have a harem? Like, what's <laughs> going on? When you or yeah or or something creepy. There's like this prison of former Mrs. Clauses where you can't let them out for like because they'll spoil it or something. So, oh, sorry, yeah. you can I, never I would leave. So, yeah. But then again, why wouldn't they just take him into that room and be like, "You got a room full of willing women." <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, you're Santa Claus now. You're married to them. You need to get yep. married in 27 <laughs> days. You can pick any of these people from the last millennia. They really like Christmas. (laughs) My thing is, like, uh, in all these Christmas movies, it always makes a big deal about, like, believing in Santa. And, like, the problem is, in this world, where Santa is leaving this much evidence around, it's crazy not to believe in Santa. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's not, like, the issue with people not believing in Santa is because we don't have all that evidence. Like, if every time you decided to stay out on the couch all night to wait up for Santa, he actually woke you up and you talked to him... Super easy to keep believing in Santa forever. He left yeah. you some toys, he insulted you lightly, and right. then he left. <laughs> yeah, like that girl's gonna believe in Santa way past when it was okay. 
Oh, and also for continuity things, um, that girl from one Christmas to the next Christmas still missing the same teeth. Yep. Oh. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, she all all she wanted for Christmas was an Xbox, so she didn't get her front teeth. Yeah. <laughs> you just you did the song wrong, kid. We didn't talk about the second one much yet. What here's something I hate from the second one is uh, as soon as they were like, let's make a clone of you in this giant machine, I knew it was a bad idea. Like I've right. I've seen the prestige. This won't end well. You're gonna have to kill the I other Santa. Prestige too. Yeah. Even if he's awesome, you're going to have to drown him because you can't have two Santas. And you're not just gonna at the end of this say, <laughs> let's demote you. You put him in a tank and you drown him and you deal with that on your conscience for the rest of your life. Except he's a toy made of plastic. Gosh, so. I really wish that they had done that. <laughs> <laughs> just just killed him. Just drowned Santa over and over and over again. Oh, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually misread the dial on the um, on the cloning machine. I thought that one of the settings said evil, and I was like, well, this will probably uh, end up badly. Yeah. Why would you put an evil setting? <laughs> you know you're going to bump that one day. It's not going to be on purpose, but why would you do that? I don't see how... Curtis has an eye to plot points. For our anchor segment today, I would like all of you, we're going to do a group interview for the job of Santa Claus. So what's going to happen is I'm going to be the interviewer. Let's say I'm a 900-year-old elf, and I have been charged with hiring a new Santa because Santa has died and no one put on his suit. But all three of you came upon the suit at the same time, uh, and I'm going to interview guys. You, so which one of you would make the best Santa, all right? I'm ready to be Santa. I am ready to be Santa. I'm ready. <laughs> Well, I believe Tanya. Let's go with yeah, her. Yeah, me too. <laughs> All right. So uh, I'll start with you, Ezra. Um, how would you increase efficiency at the North Pole? I mean, honestly, I don't really see why it's in the North Pole. Almost no one lives around there. Uh, so we can cut down on shipping costs uh, and reindeer food uh, if we just move it to um, Detroit, <laughs> where there's a lot of great infrastructure for manufacturing. Uh, Ezra, I, I don't mean to interrupt and, and disagree with you here. But mm-hmm. I do want to point out that with the majority of the world's population living in the northern hemisphere, for yep. total global coverage, the North Pole isn't a terrible place to stage from, logistically speaking. But isn't Detroit technically in the northern hemisphere as well? Also, can you imagine the heating costs? Yeah. I mean, I, actually, it's roughly the same. No, Detroit's they're using geothermal, it seems, so I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's clean energy. But, okay. um, you know, what I think we need to do is increase the vocational training for these elves, right? Mm. I think they're slotted into pigeonhole positions we have some elves who are dressed like submariners on a french submarine who listen for the radar i think they could also be turned into accounting i mean i did not see a lot of corporate responsibility going on in football games and tinsel fights hmm. That's a good point. interesting tanya what do you think use a plane <laughs> use a plane oh. use a plane oh okay <laughs> feed everyone reindeer meat get her done <laughs> All right, interesting. Uh, Again, Tani's getting my vote. I don't know if I got to say it. You don't uh, <laughs> at this point. Uh, we'll we'll go we'll go backwards this time. Tanya, um, how would having being fat and having a beard affect your everyday life? Uh, more to love. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Chris, what do you think? How, how would that affect you? I think while it would affect my cardio, it wouldn't affect my drive. I would use that strength as a weakness, and that weakness as a strength. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
the beard itself could catch cookie crumbs for later, um, which would be an important snack while you're trying to keep warm. Of course, eating is one of the best ways to warm up while you're on those long polar flights. And uh, I think the hip flexibility uh, would be an added benefit. Fat people, they waddle. Excellent. Hip flexibility. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the top five benefits of being fat. All right, we're going to try some role playing now. Um, so for this one, Ezra, I would like you to be Santa. And Tanya, I would like you to play an unruly elf. Show me how you would deal with this if you were Santa. Does the elf have a name? Elf? Cletus. Cletus the elf, yeah. <laughs> okay. Cletus, uh, please step into my sleigh office. Okay. Cletus, uh, um, you see this Tonka truck that you were uh, supposed to make safe and fun? What's wrong with it? It is currently on fire, Cletus. Currently. Are you, are you going to do something about that? Fix it. I want conjugal visits. (laughs) (laughs) With what? (laughs) Yeah, my secretary makes a good point, Cletus. With what? (laughs) Just, just, you know, just visits. Just give me some visits. We'll talk then. Fair enough, Cletus. Good talk. Oh, okay, excellent. So some some negotiation skills there. All right, Chris, I would like you to take on the role of Santa for a second. Ezra, I would like you to be uh, Santa's former son, and you've been caught tagging. So you're uh, on the naughty list this year. How would you deal with that, Chris Santa? Ho, 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 son. Uh, what's going on here? I feel very strongly about Christmas and the intensity of Christmas uh, celebration. I felt tagging was the only way to voice that. Tagging is not the only option. <laughs> All right, son. There are great, non-violent, non-paint-ridden ways to spread holiday cheer, and defacing public property is not a good one. Name four. <laughs> Caroling. One. Snowball fights. Two. That's violent. It, it it's largely non-violent. It's the nerf of violence. <laughs> <laughs> giving right. gifts to friends and family. Three. Three. And eating so much candy that your reindeers fart. Four. <laughs> All of these things are not tagging on school property. All right. E- excellent. Thank you so much. Um, Tanya, describe for me your ideal dessert that you would eat while you were transitioning into Santa Claus at a meeting. Chicken nuggets and cream cheese frosting. <laughs> oh, Tanya gets my vote again. <laughs> All right, uh, and uh, I guess lastly, Ezra, how would you fight an evil clone of yourself? Make another good clone of myself, have him do it. Mm. Uh, uh, Chris? Uh, I would use the tools already available to me, my (laughs) elven workforce. And Tanya? Just just stab him. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, well, uh, I will will call you later, but I think I'm going to hire Tanya. Yeah. <laughs> Probably good choice. 
This ad was required, but not approved by Audible. Tanya, you're never going to believe what happened. You ate some bear claws, and thanks to the bear claws, you are now the great bear. Yes? How did you know that? You're very clearly turning into a bear. Why didn't Ezra and Chris see it? Hey, guys! Guys, I'm the great bear! There's no such thing as a great bear. Stop filling little Alfonso's head with lies! Who? Our adopted manatee. We adopted a manatee. No, Alfonso, your dad's just delusional. Poor Alfonso doesn't even believe in me. It's okay. He just needs to order his free audiobook from audiblepodcast.com slash readitandweep. I just downloaded Goosebumps, Revenge of the Living Dummy, and now I know that whenever someone makes an unbelievable claim, they're telling me the truth. Oh, oh no, there's there's really an evil ventriloquist dummy? You're a giant bear now. Bears have feelings, too. I love you, too, Alfonso. Audiblepodcast.com slash read it and weep. Believe a nut, advance the plot. Everything you can think of is true. Hey, it's time for the second half of our compliment sandwich is the last nice thing you're ever going to have to say about the Santa Claus or the Santa Claus 2. You decide. We're going to go backwards. Ezra, what is your final compliment? Uh, Another cautionary tale. In the climactic battle in uh, Santa Claus 2, there was an elf who tried to kick at the giant toy soldier uh, and kicked off her shoe instead. Goes to show you that if you're going to go into battle, wear proper footwear. Definitely. Something the Romans learned. Yeah. A little too late. The fall of the Roman Empire. Yeah, they had those sandals, those sandals on, yeah. Honestly, if if Achilles had been wearing, like, some, some shit kickers... Yeah. Achilles would still be around. He would. Something We'd still have Achilles. Yeah. Yeah. You just gotta put him in some dunks. <laughs> Timberlands. A nice uh, Timberland boot. Yeah, nice. That's a nice boot. All right, uh, my minor compliments. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I, I think really the moral of this story is you don't want to fall from a short roof. You want to fall from a tall roof whenever possible because he died on impact, essentially, except for one arm spasm and then the disappearing. But that is better than the alternative, which was he just breaks his back and has to finish delivering toys in a wheelchair. Santa's just played by Gary Sinise's character in Forrest Gump. (laughs) (laughs) Comet, you should have left me to die. Just so (laughs) bitter. Chris, compliment. Uh, so if the moral of the first one has to do with falling off tall roofs, moral of the second one is you need to do anything to keep your job. (laughs) If that means manufacturing a relationship, if that means defeating a toy army of clones, uh, if that means anything like that, it's not the Christmas spirit that matters. It's you keeping your job that you like. Yeah, it's hanging out. Well, I mean, if you're that big, you need some good health care and... And I guess a 401k or something like that. So. Yeah, and even in normal mode, Tim Allen's 45. Right. You know, it's not easy to get a, to transition careers at that point, especially in this economy. Right, and he's done, you know, he's done all this great work, and you think, oh, that's going to transfer. But no, the fact that you did all this great work and then lost your job, people think now maybe there's something wrong with you. You might not be hireable. Yeah, and the NDAs on that really prohibit you. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, I mean, what, like, what's the interview going to be like? It's like, yeah, well, I, I was Santa for a while. So, well, 
you know, we're really kind of looking for entry level. We don't right. need someone who's been Santa for a yeah. long right. time. Right, right. Or, or also, like, oh, we were really looking for Excel skills. Plus, you need a good, like, if you're going to get fired and you're like, uh, they're like, well, what, why did you lose your other job? And he was like, well, I couldn't trick a woman into marrying me within 30 days. That just sounds bad. Yeah, that's embarrassing. Yeah. Like, you just, you, you were Santa Claus and you couldn't trick a woman into falling yeah. in love with you? Yeah, you had magic. Magic, all the magic. You're fucking Santa, dude. Well, she wasn't. Oh! <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, Tanya. Oh yes, yes, yes. Um, I I have a genuine compliment about the second film. <laughs> I actually really enjoyed when he um he tries to go like dating just randomly, and he goes on a date with Molly Shannon. Yeah. And she yeah. is obsessed with Christmas, and she's very funny, and she does an amazing like Xmas themed. Uh, man, I feel like a woman in the restaurant, and I actually laughed. <laughs> I thought that was very funny. And then, uh, uh, and then breaks up with him immediately for not accepting her when she put herself out there by singing an, uh, a parody song at the top of her lungs in a restaurant. And that's one of those healthy moments, right? If that's if you're prone to that, get that out of the way early on in the dating process. Because mm-hmm. if he doesn't respond well to your crappy Christmas songs in restaurants, it's not going to work. There's no point in Things holding are not that back. Going your way. Yeah, yeah, that's no, a much, much better yeah, litmus test yeah. than the one I came up with earlier. I don't remember that. I don't remember what it was either, but I remember no matter what, you're not with the person. Great callback, dude. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, maybe someone else remember this? No? None of us? Very good. Cricket. <laughs> Booyah, cricket. All right, guys, that is it for our show. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to be back again next week talking about The Physic Book of Deliverance Dane by Catherine Howe. And, as an added bonus, Merry Christmas, Jen, because that's for Jen for Christmas. Yeah. Anyway, uh, sponsored episode as a Christmas present, so we're going to have a couple weeks of this uh, poorly spelled book. Oh, yeah, yeah, this is the one that was like like witches in Salem, but like modern day tie-ins or something. Yeah, it's basically uh, the lost symbol of Salem Witch Trials. Nice. Isn't it? Yeah. Oh, you guys, this looks kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, so anyway, so join us for that next week. Uh, if you've got any comments or feedback for us, the best place to go is Facebook, facebook.com slash readitandweep. Uh, join the conversation there about this and everything thing we've ever talked about, pictures of our former guests' cats and, and all kinds of good stuff. Tanya, do you have anything on the internet that you like, that you would like to plug, either yours or somebody else's? Oh, yes. Everyone should go visit a Tumblr called The Same Picture of Dave Coulier every day. Because <laughs> it literally is just that. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's so beautiful. It's so magical. And, um, and if you don't know who Dave Coulier is, shame on you. But also, um, it's spelled C-O-U-L-I-E-R. And it'll blow your mind. So, yeah, go visit that. Oh, that's a good picture of him. <laughs> His sweater. His sweater. <laughs> and just the act of scrolling down and taking the same picture. <laughs> he, just, he just keeps warming you with his eyes again and again and again. Excellent. All right, thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining us again, Tanya. It's always a delight. Oh, same here. And uh, Chris and Ezra, thanks as always for being here. Yeah. Of course. Cool. Awesome. All right, that's it. That's it for our show. We'll see you guys all next week. Bye. Bye. Why does our manatee sound like a lot like a cat? I don't know what... What's a manatee supposed to sound like?
It's a sea cow. Okay. It says brawl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does say that. I'm just reading the lines. It was a good line reading. 